right. Are we good to go? All right, let's get everybody who is in the room to make your way back to your seats. A lot of great commotion, so we'll get you there. Let me say good morning to everybody who is online with us as well. Welcome to Callwood Church. My name is Sean. I'm one of the pastors here on this team, and it is great to have you here today. Uh, question for you uh, today. Have you ever struggled with a piece of scripture in the Bible before? You've read it, you're like, oh, okay, what is this? What does this have to do? What am I thinking about it? Here, here's one for you that I'm struggling with these days, and it, and it says this. A bowl of vegetables with someone you love is better than steak with someone you hate. I mean, I don't know about that. Like, so, you know, like, there's this idea of, like, okay, vegetables are good, but, like, a piece of cow. Like, th this is a good thing, right? So I don't know about this veggie thing, but uh, anyway, I, what I would like to do, though, is I actually want to let vegetables talk to us today. So I am going to allow some vegetables to teach you and I. So I'm going to take you to Bumbleyburg. I'm going to take you to a cucumber. I'm going to take you to a carrot and a piece of asparagus. Some of you may have no clue what I'm talking about, but I am going to take you to Veggie Tales and Larry Boy and the Fib from Outer Space. Bumbleyburg has been hit with an alien invasion. One of their little aliens, whose name is Fib, decides to show up. The scene goes to a living room where Junior Asparagus and Laura the Carrot are having a good time hanging around, where all of the sudden, in the living room, the dad's plate breaks, crashes, and Junior Asparagus does not know what he's about to do. What am I going to say? How's it going to go down? And so to his dad, he decides to say, Laura broke the plate, as every good friend would do, right? All of a sudden, the alien invasion shows up. Fib shows up about this size or whatever. And he begins to encourage Junior Asparagus to continue the story. So he begins as in these lies, he begins to suddenly grow. Fib begins to grow and grow and grow as Junior Asparagus is caught in this whirlweb of lies. And all of a sudden, the little Fib that once was has now escalated into a monster who is tearing apart Bumbleberg. They don't know what to do. And so they decide to call good old Larry Boy. How many of you like cucumbers? Because you really should because Larry Boy, he's going to save the day, right? Larry Boy shows up. Junior Asparagus shows up. Fib is so large. He's so angry. He's so excited because Junior Asparagus lied and that he wouldn't tell the truth. And there at the grips of death, Larry Boy encourages Junior Asparagus one more time. This is what you've got to do, Junior. You've got to confess and tell the truth. Interesting, eh? Like, just tell the truth and you can kind of get over some things. And the idea here today is that we are going to turn our attention to the ninth command, the ninth pronouncement, the ninth word of the Ten Commandments. And it says this in Exodus chapter 20, verse 16. It says, Thou shalt, or thou must not, testify falsely, or you're not supposed to say it, lie, against your neighbor. So let's pray as we've read the word of the Lord, and hopefully a piece of asparagus could teach us some things today. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your presence. And I ask that now you will teach us again from your word, and that you will... Allow us to check our hearts, actually, in this space this morning. 
I know that you have something to say to us, and so I'm praying that you, Holy Spirit, would have your way and teach us. So we give you thanks for that, and we thank you for what you're doing this morning. Now continue as we've read the word of the Lord together. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. This morning, I'm going to speak to us from the subject, love through encouragement. Lying is, is really one of those equalizers, is it not? Like, we all do it. I mean, take a look at your neighbor and just nod your head at them right now. And with those, that look, like, you know that you've said something that you probably shouldn't have said. I mean, the equalizer here is we all have done it. Some of you are currently doing it. And guess what? Unfortunately, some of you are going to do it again. I mean, this is what it does when it comes to the subject of lying. Did you know that you could lie about anything? <laughs> this is a true story. I mean, you could lie about your age. You could lie about your weight. You could lie about your dieting regime that happens in January and is done January 2nd. You could talk and lie about your money. You could lie about your accomplishments. You could lie about just showing up. You could lie about absolutely anything. In fact, lying happens in a lot of different ways. We mask it in different ways to maybe make it feel a little bit better for us. We've got, as we talked about out of Bumbleberg, we got the fib. We all know what the fib is. Some of us will tell white lies. And this white lie is kind of for those in your closer proximity where you don't want to necessarily tell them the full truth. And so you don't want to, you know, step on their toes and hurt their feelings. There are half-truths. There are things called deception. There's exaggeration. There are things such as broken promises. And I believe that most of you know what I'm talking about when I give these types and these examples. For instance, I mean, there's one good question. When someone asks you, hey, how do I look right now? Alert, alert, alert. Don't answer the question, right? Because what do you do? What if you don't like how they look right now? What are you going to say? So if, if your spouse asks you this question, just leave the room. All right, like, or uh, this is the idea. We've got all of these types of things. Hey, doesn't my baby look so adorable? Okay. Or maybe someone this morning is going to say to you, hey, how did you like my singing this morning? <laughs> And, and you want to, but you, you don't necessarily do it. Or, or even the question, have I, have I done a good job? See, we all know what this lying thing is. We all know how we've masked it in certain ways. Now, Jesus declared to us in Matthew chapter 15, 18 to 20, he talks to us that out of our heart is what defiles us. And in his list, he talks about this idea of lying. Things that flow from the heart lying. So whenever you and I lie, it's coming from deposits that are in our heart. It is coming from the depths of who we are. And we all, as I've said already today, we've all been here. We've all done that. Now it becomes an internal look and an investigation on our heart. Jesus continues the story in Luke chapter 6, verse 45, where he says, a good person will produce things from a good heart. And an evil person produces things from the treasury of an evil heart. For what you say flows from what is in your heart. And this morning, I'm going to use a lot of scripture to kind of help me pave this way. And some of you may be thinking, well, you probably should. You're a preacher and this is what you do on a Sunday morning. I understand that. But today I'm going to come hard at this because of the, I think of the intensity of what the subject actually is for many of us. So we see this about our hearts here today. In 1 Samuel 16, 7, it says that God knows your heart. Um, it says in Jeremiah 17 that you have to accept the, the, the fact that your hearts can deceive you. Aren't you encouraged coming to church again already today? That your heart is going to betray you. 
Isn't that encouraging news? It's like, what do I do with it? 2 Corinthians 13, we need to honestly, accurately examine ourselves. We need to prayerfully, carefully look into the mirror of God's word, not to deceive ourselves. We sang just moments ago together uh, about our hearts. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. This is a heart issue. If you are stuck today in a, in a context of line, it's a heart issue. When you get to line down the road in the future, it's an issue of your heart. And so today Jesus is saying, I want you to pay attention to your heart. So our series this summer has been Relationship Over Rule. We're looking at the Ten Commandments, and many of us have looked at the Ten Commandments as just a bunch of rules. I can't do this, and I can't do that. But we've looked at it through the lens of relationship, that God actually, in Exodus chapter 20, to, to the Israelites and now to us, he wrote a love letter. He wanted to let his people know that he was madly in love with them, and if they paid attention to how they lived for him, this would be the effect, not just vertically with their relationship with the Father, but horizontally with their relationship with other people. And here, God, for some reason, he wants to encourage us today by saying, don't lie. Don't bear false witness against your neighbor. So I think we should pay attention to it. So the words out of the Hebrew, bear and false and, and, and neighbor, are these. To answer, to respond, or to testify. To lie, to deceive, or to bring falsehood upon people. Last week, we discussed stealing in our conversation. And I, today, again, I want to encourage us with this, is that we see that lying is a form of stealing. So they're, like, they're close cousins, right? We have to see today that lying is a particular piece that um, a kleptomaniac likes to use. The kleptomaniac that we talked about last week, his name is Satan. And what he wants to do out of John chapter 10, verses 10, he says that he wants to steal and he wants to kill and he wants to destroy you. And the way he's going to do that is through this function of lying. He's going to tell you something different so that you will live something different. He is dangerous in what he does, and he is deceptive all the time. And unfortunately, my admission to you today is I've listened too much to this guy. In fact, the Bible, out of John chapter 8, I believe, it calls him the father of lies. I mean, this is what he's good at. This is what he does. I know we sang about God. This is what he does. He loves us. Well, the devil, he loves to lie to you. And all he wants to do is he wants to steal from you. And so today we're kind of stuck in this dangerous situation because of his stealthiness. But then the scriptures uh, tell us in, in James chapter 3 that there's this part of your body that is very potent, is very dangerous. In fact, it's between your two lips right now. And it's called a tongue right here. And it says that this tongue is potent and deadly. It could tear somebody down and destroy them, or it could lift somebody up and edify them. This tongue, in the metaphors that are given in James chapter 3, show us how powerful our words are. And so when God says, listen, do not bear false witness, do not lie, he knows what he's talking about, of the damage that it's going to bring to us because of this little weapon Right here, in fact, James chapter 1, uh, verse 19 says that we need to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. How many of you would confess right now that the person sitting beside you gets this mixed up sometimes? <laughs> slow to speak, 
And yet we all the time are quick to speak. Question for you. Anybody ever got in trouble with your words before? Two people. Thank you for your honesty. I love that. Um, You know, the reality is um, today, and I I hope that this is something that you will um, use daily. It's called toothpaste, yes? Uh, Toothpaste is a really important tool in our lives. But I was thinking about this this week in the context of our words. See, the reality is, is like when toothpaste is poured out of, uh, the idea is that hopefully your mouth cleans fairly well, it smells good, and it uh, tastes good. Now, what I need you to do, Pastor James, is I would like for you to place all that toothpaste back into the tube for me. (laughs) And we all understand one thing, is that he's not going to be able to do it. Our words are like the toothpaste that comes out. Once you speak it, it's not going back. And so the potency of our words actually matters to Jesus, which is why he's pretty strong on it. Let me give you some bad theology just for a moment. And it's this. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. That is the most ridiculous sentence probably in the English dictionary if we could put them together. It's probably not even in the dictionary because it's just for words, not sentences. But anyway, um, the, the accuracy, though, is this. Sticks and stones will only hurt your bones, but your words are going to break somebody's soul. So we have to understand again this magnitude of why God in his love letter to us says bearing false witness matters so much to him. Because it could crush somebody's soul. It could take somebody down. See, God is concerned about our relationships today. He's told us that our hearts are going to deceive us. He told us that we're probably going to be prone to lie. But with his help, we can change. So, so now what? In Romans chapter 13, verses 9, and I used this last week when we were speaking about the idea of stealing. I'm using this verse again because you will notice at the very end, it says that we are to, say it with me, love your neighbor as yourself. And I was thinking about lying and with that sentence in mind, I think that there are two people, there are two groups in which we lie to today. And I want to investigate that for a moment. The first group that we lie to is to other people. Um, We're good at it. The white lies, the broken promises, Um, being scared, or maybe you're in shame, so you'll lie to do whatever. Some of us, it's full-on blatant deception. Um, Lisa and I have had the privilege of of having Jake and Anaya growing up in our household. I got to tell you, like some of the the more intriguing times in our life is when our children chose to lie uh, in their lives as they hang their heads in shame now. Um, But this idea is, and sometimes we're having conversations with them too, and they're like, how did you know that? And I'm like, well, I talk to God. And God like says things to me. They're like, quit talking to him. And, uh, but you got this thing. But the the fun parts for me with our kids, they were more, they were smaller, um, was this, is that something would happen in the house. Lisa and I knew about it, and we'd go to them. Who did it? And both of them would do this, right? They would point to the other. And so Lisa and I finally caught on to their games after a little bit of time. And what we decided to do is, it was this, is that we're going to give you a period of time, 
for somebody to confess who is actually lying to us. If you don't do that, you'll either be grounded for the rest of your life or you'll have to live with your brother and sister in the same room for the rest of your life. Like It's just weird things, right? But all of a sudden, it was, it was unbelievable. It was as if a Christmas miracle had occurred. Somebody would confess, and they would point each other out. And oftentimes, it was Jacob, <laughs> who was in the right. <laughs> Got you, buddy. Just kidding. I, I wanted to see what they would do with that. But this idea of we lie to others for so many different reasons. In, in fact, some of us, um, we mask our lying to others with this thing most of the time called half-truth. And, and I, I said that a little bit earlier, but half-truth being a deceptive statement that contains some sort of, but not all, elements of truth. For instance, something as simple as, I didn't steal your password to watch movies this week. Right, you see what I'm saying with that. So you're telling me that the other 51 weeks of the year you stole my password? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing, but it's a half-truth. Some of us even, when we look at God, we present with him a half-truth. We would do this. Oh, it's okay for me to keep sinning and doing what I'm doing because he loves me and he's gonna keep forgiving me. His grace is more than enough. Half-truth. Is, is God full of grace and love? Absolutely. Will he keep forgiving you all the time? Absolutely. Do you keep living in your sin because you know that? Some of us do. And we use these half-truths all the time. And it's a dangerous game. And we lie to other people in order to make this happen in our lives. Much damage is coming to our relationships when we lie to others. And so we are taught again today that we've got to be really careful with what we're saying. The second group that I see in how we lie is, is to ourselves. Have you ever done this before? I think I'm a master at it most of the time. And we lie to ourselves. And I love what Psalm 119 verse 29 says, God, keep me from lying to myself. The reason the psalmist puts that in there is because you and I were really good at lying to ourselves. What we do in these moments is we learn to justify our own lies. It's okay what I'm doing and the sin that I'm living in or the things that I feel I'm about to do. And we justify our positions, which is why Jesus in Matthew chapter 7 tells us a really amazing parable that says, take this thinking forest out of your own eye before you look at other people. But this idea of justification is something that you and I do really well. One author, pastor, um, William Paul Young, expressed our justifying what he called a little fortress. And I like this. It kind of caught my attention, how we build little fortresses when we justify our sin and our lying. He says that inside of that little fortress, you feel safe and you feel powerful. Inside of that fortress, you, you run your life. You manipulate others. But inside that little fortress, we recognize that they need walls in order to stand tall and strong. And so we erect these walls all around us until we become an impenetrable fortress where the devil, the father of lies, has allowed us to build these mansions of lie. And it's a powerful picture today of what we need to take a look at. And when we live in those little fortresses and the walls that we've built, perhaps you've said some of these things like me. Well, everybody's doing it. So I guess I can do it. Well, listen, I'm only human, so God will take care of me. Or I'll just try this once, and then the story continues. Or perhaps you said, I deserve it. 
So I'm just going to do it. You know, life's been hard. Um, it's a tough society, so I'm just going to do this. Or perhaps some of us would say this, if you had my, and fill in the blank, if you had my spouse, if you had my money or my job circumstance, if, if you, and we make all of these pieces, or this is one of the classic ones, there's not going to be a problem here. I'm big enough. I'm old enough. I can handle this. And we lie to ourselves. Um, Alethia Luna said this about that there are nine signs that we could identify if you're lying to yourself. And here's the list. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but maybe you can identify. You feel like you're running away from something. Or you keep justifying other people's behaviors. You keep justifying your behaviors. You have a rigid attitude and cannot accept blame or personal responsibility. You feel inauthentic, like a fake or a sham. You prefer to wear rose-tinted glasses rather than live in and face reality. You don't like listening to other, other people's advice, which is really good for those of us who know how to build really high walls in our little fortress. You carry around deep-rooted anxiety and feel insecure and uneasy. And I love that last one, but your heart contradicts your mind. Oh, I'm okay, and I'm going to be all right. We lie to other people, and we lie to ourselves. And God says to us, I don't want you to bear false witness against your neighbor. And the way you get to your neighbor is by the way you treat yourself first, which is why I'm putting both those groups together today. So what we need to do is we need to go back to Bumbleberg. We need to go back to little Junior Asparagus, who in the grips of the fib, who now became the monster who was about to destroy everything, as they are there ready to see their death in play. What happens is Larry Boy leans over to little Junior Asparagus, and he basically says to him, 1 John verses 1, verse 9, and he encourages Junior to confess. See, today, you may be caught in lying. There may be something going on in your lives, and I want you to see the words that are on the screen here today, because it says, if you confess your sins... It says that God is faithful and just to forgive your sin, my sin, and to cleanse us from all wickedness. See, this is the beauty of who he does. See, relational damage may have been caused because of our lying ways, but it does not need to be the end of your story today. And this is the beauty about who God is today. Albert Tate reminded us last week, and this quote, again, I'm going to use today, but he said that stealing is often seen as taking, yet stealing is also keeping what should be given. And the reality is, is that the devil has stolen from us when we give into this lifestyle of lying. And we have then stolen from other people because of their dignity and their worth as well. But notice the second part of the phrase. It says that stealing is also keeping that which should be given, which lands us back to this idea of relationship over rule and why we have been pitching week after week that this is a command of love out of God's love letter for us. I think God is saying all of this to you and I today. Listen, lying is absolutely bad, but you really want to know what's going to work for this society and this world and this culture? It is going to be this. I want you to love through encouragement instead. 
I want you to speak a better word over people. Instead of taking, I want you to give dignity. I want you to bring worth and value. Your words matter that much that they drip with the opportunities of life or death for people. And so God is taking us right back to our tongue. He's taking back to us that little weapon that sits between our lips. And he's saying it's that important for you and I today. And that capacity to love through encouragement, rather through lying and taking away, has the power of life and death. And I know as I look at some of you, you're still not convinced. So let me try to convince you with the word of God. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. I love this. Let everything, somebody say everything. everything. Not something. Not just maybe. Let everything you say be good and helpful to encourage other people. Love through encouragement. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore encourage one another and build each other up. When you choose to lie, whether it's to others or to yourself, you are taking away. But 1 Thessalonians tells us again today, build somebody else up. Philippians 2 verses 3 to 4 says, don't look at your own interests, but look to the interests of others. Isn't that what we do when it comes to lying? We're on a, trying to take care of ourselves. We're going to try to take care of our situation. But the Bible says, listen, I want you to look at other people and make sure that you take care of them. 1 Timothy 4.12, set the believers an example in many things. But notice one of those things in there is the way you speak. That is important. Hebrews 3.13, encourage one another daily so that we will not be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. God was very masterful when he said, do not lie. Because what he was also communicating to you and I today was the opposite of, of that in love. I want you to love through encouragement. I want you to speak a better word over people. You want to know what encouragement does not do? It does not slander. It does not gossip. It does not tear someone down. Those are things contrary to the way God wants us to live our lives. The book of Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron. Do you have people around you who are speaking a better word or do you have people who are cutting you down? And if they are, cut them out. Proverbs 20, 16, 24 says that a gracious word is just like honeycomb. You remember the cereal honeycomb? It was awesome. Honeycomb is everything. It's sweet. It's something that you want in your life. And this is what God is saying and how we can love through encouragement. A quote that I have always appreciated says that a word of encouragement during a failure is worth more than an hour of praise after success. I'm telling you that there is power in our words. God says, do not lie. Do not bring that upon people. Do not take from them. But what I want you to give to them is a word of encouragement. I want you to edify. I want you to lift somebody up. I want you to embrace them where they're at because he is communicating to us that this is love through encouragement. And today, you may be stuck on the other side of that coin. So... I want you to know that God's original intention was a word of encouragement. He believes that in you and I, so much so that in Romans 15, verse 5, it says this, that God is patient with you and me, and his encouragement is there every single day. See, God, and this is what I love about him, he's not just telling you to do something, he's doing it himself over you. 
And he is asking us to now go and encourage somebody else. May we today quit speaking falsely. May we today quit bearing false witness upon our neighbor and ourselves. And may we today quit lying and know that a God of encouragement says, I want you to go love your neighbor now as yourself. And if he speaks that word over you, speak it over somebody else as you head into this week because love will win in encouragement. Amen? Let's pray. All eyes closed in this place today. Whether you are in the room or online with us, I have a couple questions for us today. Number one, you may be caught in a lie today and you're lying to other people. There is a habit, maybe a rhythm. Please hear me. God still loves you. His grace is more than enough for you. But he is saying, walk away. And just like good old junior asparagus, it means that you confess your sin because he is faithful and just to forgive you. Today, if you are struggling with lying to others, please know that I'm gonna offer a prayer for you. And as I pray that, you pray. God, help me to confess, shine the light. The second thing I want to pray for this afternoon is for some of us in this space today who are lying to ourselves, where you don't think God loves you, or that you think he's really ticked off at you, or that you're not worthy, or that you're no good. Today, I want to expose that through the power and the person of the Holy Spirit. See, God is for you. He's not against you. The devil comes to condemn you. God brings life. The devil wants to shame you. God brings grace. And today, if you are struggling with lying to yourself, I want to pray for you. If that's you in this place today, and you're lying to yourself and you're looking for that freedom, if you would raise your hand right now and look me in the eye and you could stick that back down. I want to pray for you today. Thank you for your hands. Thank you for your honesty. Yeah, we see you. Yeah, yeah. We're going to pray for these things. Father, you see us today. And we understand that we have a father of lies that roars around like a lion looking to devour, to steal, and to destroy but that father of lies can be tamed because you're the king of kings and you're the Lord of lords. So whatever my friends are struggling through today, whether in this room or online, I ask that you administer today your encouragement. Speak the word of patience over their lives. And I pray today that we would be a people who would confess our sin. Let's call it for what it is. We break that root now in the name of Jesus whether I'm lying to other people or I'm lying to myself. I confess that to you and I ask you, Jesus, today to forgive me of my sin. I repent of my ways and I ask for you to set my heart on a path that's fitting to you. So help me today, Jesus, is what I pray for. And the last thing while your eyes are closed, I think that one of the biggest lies that the devil uses is that you don't need God. And he keeps us separated from the person of Jesus Christ. And I'm talking salvation. I'm talking the greatest gift ever given. 
where Jesus went to a cross for our sins to die. And the devil wants nothing more than to keep you separated from God. He wants nothing more to keep you deceived from the realities. But today you're sitting in this space and you're recognizing there's something more here. There's something to this life. I'm here to tell you today, his name is Jesus. And today perhaps you wanna invite Jesus to be your savior, to take your sin, to, to turn it upside down, to turn it white as snow, to take your sin and to throw it away, to forget, and to then rule your heart, to walk in his kingdom light. And if that is you today, and you would like to receive Jesus as your savior, on the count of three, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand as well. You look me in the eye and then you can place that back down. And if you're online with us today, you're going to click that link and then a pastor is going to be on your path as well with you. But today, you're saying, I'm ready to walk away from the lie that the devil has shown to me, but that today I'm loved by God. And he sent his son, Jesus, for me. If that's your story today on the count of three, one, two, three, is there anybody in this room today that would accept Christ for the very first time? Thanks, bud. See ya. Pray this prayer with me. Jesus, we ask you today that you will um, you'll renew the hand that went up and you see everything so clearly. And I pray today it would be saying, Jesus, I need you. I see that you died on the cross for me. My sins are washed away. Today I ask you to be my savior. And I ask you to forgive me. And I know today that my heart is set upon who you are. Now teach me, help me learn. This is not going to be an easy journey nor a road, but I know that you're there and you'll use me. So I thank you today, Jesus, that you have found me and you see me and I say yes to you. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, can we say thank you to the person who said yes to Jesus today? Listen, if you um, can do this as well, and you know who you are, or if you're online, but text the word LIFE to 250-478-7113. This gives us an opportunity to walk with you and to show you some of the ropes of what this means. So make sure that you do that today. If you are new to Callwood Church today, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. Please make sure you head to the Welcome Center in the back. Pastor James, Pastor Levi are there. They'd love to say hello to you. But church, have a fantastic week. Let's go and love through encouragement. And we will see you next week as we continue our series, Relationship Overruled. Love you. Have a good week.